Happy opening day and, and welcome back to Sunday Golds of Florida State Baseball Podcast. Um, we finally made it. It's opening day, Friday, February 17th, uh, recording on, on Thursday night. But put this out on, on Friday morning for you all to listen to um, as you try to get to 5 p.m., um, get to that first pitch from Carson Montgomery against James Madison. Um, you know, it's finally here. It's the best time of the year for us. For myself, at least, and Aria really enjoys it as well. Um, Aria is not going to be on this podcast. He's had a really busy week, um, still working with women's basketball. Um, also calling the first two games of the season this weekend. Um, he'll be on ACC Network Extra on Friday at 5 p.m. And then he'll be calling the game on Saturday on ACC Network on national TV with Gabby Sanchez from Dick Houser Stadium. So um, looking forward to hearing Aria on the broadcast and, and glad he's getting the chance to do that, especially on national TV. I know that's something he's been striving for and I'm um, really excited for him, but going to let him get his studying in, get his pre- preparation in for that. Um, so just really excited for Aria. I uh, know he'll be back on here next week, hopefully um, to do this with me, but just going to try to give you all a, a quick preview of James Madison, what to expect this weekend and just maybe a few couple of big picture things um, before the season gets underway. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll just dive straight into James Madison to, to start this out. Um, like I mentioned, Friday's game is at five o'clock. Uh, Saturday's game is at two o'clock and Sunday's game is at 1130 AM. Um, I think James Madison has to get out of town pretty early. Uh, I'm guessing, I'm guessing they bust or I don't know, maybe they have a commercial flight, but um yeah, the Dukes are going to have to get out of town pretty early on Sunday. So um, I know some people are worried about the weather on Friday. I believe the rain's going to be over by early afternoon at the worst. Um, don't think that rain should be an issue at night, knock on wood, um, for opening day. But I do think the, the rain that comes through early in the day will, will make it a bit colder um, on Friday night. But not expecting, as of right now, rain to be an issue for the three games this weekend. Um Yeah, James Madison returns to Tallahassee for the second straight year to begin the season. Um, Last year, FSU swept the Dukes and outscored them 27-7 to over three games. Uh, It was a really good start to last season, but obviously didn't end up going the way that FSU wanted to. And and here we are entering the the Link-Jarrett era. Um, Link spoke today to the media. Um, I think, like myself, Link's just ready to get this rolling. Uh, I know he's had interview after interview this week and glad that we were able to be one of those interviews with him but um coaching staff has been tied around this week i think and i I think they're just ready to get going and um for myself i'm i'm ready for this to just be you know let's just talk about baseball you know let's you know it's go time right um don't really want this to be about you know a new era and all this anymore i just you know it's time to play baseball time to talk about baseball time to get this thing on the road. Um, and that's what they're ready to do on, on Friday. Um, they're ready to, you know, show what they got and, and hopefully um, gel at a, at a quick rate with a bunch of new faces. So James Madison last year was was 27 and 20, 26, uh, 12 and 11 in the Colonial. They were 10 and 19 on the road. Um, this year, I believe they're moving to the, uh, shoot, what is it? Uh, the Sunbelt Conference. Uh, James Madison moving over to the Sunbelt Conference this year, which is a 
is a really good league. Um, you know, they have Georgia Southern, Old Dominion, App State, uh, Louisiana's in there, Southern Miss, um, Georgia State, South Alabama. Those are all really good. Those are really good baseball programs. I think Coastal Carolina might be in there as well. Um, so they're making a, a pretty big jump in, in leagues this season. So um, it could be a, a tough year for there for them uh, moving into that league. But this is a this is a you know a pretty good program I think, and they have a lot of bats returning this year. Um, have to replace a lot more in the mound, but offensively, even though they lost a lot from last year, um, and they also lost. Uh, who was the other bat they lost? Travis Reef Snyder. Um, I still think that they're going to bring in a pretty solid offense to Tallahassee. Some of the key returners for them on that side of the ball. Uh, third baseman Trayvon Dabney was was their leadoff hitter for most of last year. Hit 303, um, <clears throat> excuse me, with 14 doubles and eight home runs. Also stole 10 bases. Does a really, really good job of getting on base, drawing walks. Had a 459 on base percentage last year. Um, so he's a guy at the top of the order that that's going to get on base and try to do some things. Uh, Kyle Novak, uh, he drove in a team high 49 runs last year and started all 53 games for the Dukes. Hit 292 with 14 doubles and five homers. Will likely play first base for them. Uh, shortstop Mason Dunaway, who started nearly all their games last year, is also returning. Uh, he stole 15 bases last year. Also hit 277 with eight doubles and three homers. Uh, only made, I think, 11 errors at shortstop, 943 fielding percentage. Um, so a solid defender there for them up the middle. Fenwick Trimble was one of their better bats last year as a freshman. Uh, started all but one of their games last year as a true freshman and hit 276 with 12 doubles and seven homers. Uh, he was someone that I, impressed me last year when they were down here. Um, he drove in 39 runs as well. Right fielder Carson Bell started 52 games last year, all but one. Uh, he hit 238, but does have some pop. Uh, seven doubles and eight homers last year. Also stole nine bases. Overall, they're a team that likes to run, I think. Uh, had 80-plus stolen bases last year. Um, so I think they'll be putting some action on the base pass this week. Uh, Ryan Dooley was a DH for them last year and was really productive in, in some sh in short stints. Um, only started 24 games, but he hit 305 across 95 at-bats and also had four home runs in, in that short time frame um, and nine doubles. And he also had five more walks than strikeouts. So that's someone I would expect in their lineup last year. Last year, he mostly DH'd. Um, so don't know exactly where they'll throw him out in the lineup. But I would think that after that production from last year, that, that he'll be one of the main guys they turn to in the lineup. They did bring in a couple transfers that should help, help them offensively. Uh, Jack Cohn from William & Mary. Um, he hit... 243 last year, um, but, you know, he's a four-year guy, hit 261 over in four years with a 391 slugging percentage, had six home runs last year. Uh, Jalen Lee is another outfield coming in for James Madison. He was at Eastern Mennonite, who I believe is a, a D3 university. Uh, I believe he was a D3 All-American a couple years. He played there for four years, um, has played in 141 games in his career, so lots of experience there. Um, in his four-year career, has hit 332 with a 402 on base and a 610 slug. Has 30 career home runs and 132 career RBIs in, in 141 games. So, lots of experience and, and success coming in there from Lee. But obviously, a, a jump up in competition, um, and especially this weekend having to go against FSU's arms. I believe Michael Mancini is a freshman for the Dukes that that could 
see some time in the starting lineup. Um, second baseman uh, was ranked number 11 shortstop from New York and a top 500 overall prospect by perfect game um, coming out of high school this past year. Um, production wise, returning from last year, 75% of their at bats, 72% of their hits, 73% of runs batted in and, and 64% of home runs. So they did lose the lotter who was a lot for them, but he also missed the second half of last year. So they're not, you know, it, it wasn't something that, you know, is a huge hole for them. Um, they were already used to not having him for the whole second half last year. Um, you know, and he had that rough weekend at Florida State, but after that, absolutely mashed. I think he ended up hitting 437 with eight homers, eight doubles, 34, 35 RBIs, and, and 10 stolen bases and only 24 starts. And if you were to take out the, the weekend against FSU, I would guess he was probably hitting about 500 with a almost – 1500 OPS. Um, so yeah, obvious talent there from the but he's gone as is Reef Snyder and, and Nick Zona, who was an everyday starter for them. But like I said, a lot returning on that side for, for the Dukes. Um, so will be a test for FSU's pitching staff this weekend. Pitching staff wise, um, first departures, um, they lost two of their, their weekend starters from last year. Liam McDonald was a lefty who started 13 games for them, had a 2.83 ERA in 63.2 innings pitched. Uh, Justin Showalter, I believe he started opening day against Florida State last year, um, had 14 starts and a 5.10 ERA, 67 Ks in 72.1 innings pitched. Lost a couple bullpen arms as well. Um, Eli Ottinger, who had three saves for them and, and made 21 appearances. Uh, Southpaw Anthony Piccolino. He also made 17 appearances and had 30.1 innings pitched and 3.86 ERA. So a couple of guys, a couple of big arms leaving their pitching staff. Overall, they return 52% of innings and 45% uh, of the games that they had started last year. Um, but they are getting back some arms, um, including Donovan Burke. Uh, he, he was he made one of the starts against Florida State last year, made one start after that, but then didn't return for the rest of the season, had a, had a season-ending injury. Uh, but he is back this year and will be starting against Florida State on Friday. Uh, going into last season, he was their Saturday starter. Um, but now he'll be making that opening day start for them this year. believe that Link mentioned today that they expect a lot of change-ups from him, mostly fastball change-up mix. At least that's what he was going with before the, the injury. Um, so that's what they've been preparing for, I think, for, for opening day. Um, Latin, over his, in his career, he has a 2.76 ERA and 57 Ks in 45.2 innings pitched. Uh, Ryan Murphy was their ace last season. Um, over the last half of the season, I believe, um, started 11 games, went four and two with a 3.86 ERA across 65.1 innings, um, but only struck out 43 batters, so not much swing and miss there. Um, just throws strikes and induces weak contact. Um, he threw one inning against Florida State last year, early in the year, um, and was a scoreless frame against the Seminoles. A couple big relievers uh, coming back for them. Liam Grubbs had three saves last year. Didn't throw a ton of innings, um, but did seem to throw in some high leverage situations for them. Made 17 total appearances. Um, he also faced FSU last year and pitched a scoreless frame and, and struck out two Seminoles. Uh, Sean Colkin, a right-hander out of the pen. He made a team high 26 appearances last year uh, for the Dukes. Right-hander had a 4.96 ERA in, in 32.2 innings. 
He only struck out 14 batters in 32.2 innings. Um, so again, a guy that doesn't miss a ton of bats, but will throw strikes and just try to induce weak contact all over the field. Um, he he threw two times against FSU last year and only allowed one earned run. Newcomers for them on the mound, um, T.R. Williams is a big one. Uh, Virginia Tech transfer was a very highly ranked kid coming out of high school. You know, was a lefty arm that had been up to ninety three, but he had uh, you know a pretty you know pretty serious illness that that had hospital had put him in the hospital for. 50 plus some days in 2021 that kind of um you know it, it put his baseball career on hold momentarily and he redshirted at virginia tech last year didn't get any innings um and ended up transferring to jmu which i believe is is, is right in his hometown um he's going to be another weekend arm for the for jmu this this week he'll be starting on on sunday against jamie arnold uh, like i mentioned he was up to 93 in high school don't know much else about him. Um, kind of a mystery for, for Florida State and myself, um, trying to figure out exactly what they're going to get there. Um, but I think they'll be prepared for you know a heavy dosage of fastballs, um, but just don't really know what to expect there yet. Hasn't made any appearances in the college, so that start for him um, will be you know his his college debut and his JMU debut. Uh, Cone, the the transfer I mentioned from William and Mary, he also pitches. He actually made 15 starts last year at William and Mary. Had a 3.97 ERA and 45.1 innings pitched. He actually walked more batters than he struck out though last year. Um, in four years at William and Mary, he had a 4.69 ERA in 94 innings. So that's pretty good breakdown of the Dukes, I think. Um, like I said, Friday 5 p.m. ACC Network Extra. Uh, Saturday, 2 p.m. ACC Network. That's national broadcast with Aria and Gabby Sanchez. And then Sunday will be 11.30 a.m. on ACC Network Extra. Um, so we'll see how FSU looks against them. Um, you know, I think lineup-wise, you know, with JMU throwing two lefties on Friday and Sunday, I think we'll see some sort of rotational stuff in maybe the outfield, um, maybe at DH as well, or first base, um, depending. I still don't know exactly what they're going to do at first base. If if they, you know, if they're going to go with Tibbs there or if they're going to give Tibbs some time to, to get more comfortable at first. Um, Trayton Rank was working at first base today. That was the first time I've seen him working there between the fall and the preseason. Um, and I haven't been out at practice the last few days. Um, and wasn't able to catch it on, on Friday and Saturday last week because of rain. But that was my first time seeing him at first. Um, you know, I think they also think that Trayton can play the outfield at a high level um, across any three of those positions in the outfield. But they're still trying to find an answer defensively at first base, I think. Um, they just don't have anyone there defensively that they they fully trust yet. And I think that was something that Link mentioned when we talked to him for podcast, um, you know, he mentioned that they were still trying to figure out that position defensively. Um, so we'll see what exactly they decide to do there, um, see what they decide to do in the outfield um, rotationally wise. You know, I think they might try to get Jordan Taylor in the lineup against left-handed hitters, I mean, left-handed pitchers early in the year to just let him kind of ease his way into the lineup um, and just try to tap into his potential. and. He's had a really good preseason um, and put really good swings on balls. And, and Link has mentioned that 
a couple times. So I wouldn't be shocked to see Jordan in the lineup at some point this weekend. Um, don't know if that will be opening day, but we'll see how that goes. Um, I guess lineup prediction wise, first, I'll just go position by position. Um, you know, catcher, I think will be Colton to start the year. We'll see when they're able to get Mac back behind the plate and, and see if they want to have him back there um, when he gets that opportunity to come back. Um, didn't have a cast on his hand today when I was at practice and had the glove on it, on that hand that he had had the hamate bone injury. Um, so I think he is progressing in the right direction. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't expect him to be available this weekend, I don't believe. Um, so I think Colton will be back there. Um, I think if they have to turn to someone else, it would likely be Santiago or Donez. And then potentially, you know, Lance Triple might be the emergency uh, third catcher. Um, you know, I think Baz has hit really well and will be in the mix to, at designated hitter. Um, but I don't think that they think his arm is in a spot right now or receiving wise that he's a guy that's going to go back there and, and catch some innings for them. So I think with Holbrook down and, and um, Triple still learning the position and, and still kind of, um, you know, he knows the position. He just needs to develop the receiving a little bit more before you put him back there on, on a consistent basis. So. Um, yeah, I think Colton will be will definitely be there on opening day. First base, like I mentioned, if I had to pick someone, it, it would be Tibbs right now. Um, obviously, if you can get him in at first base, that gives you another, you know, possibility at DH with a bat. And, you know, Tibbs is going to hit. He's going to hit for power. Um, I really expect Tibbs to have a good year and to use that right field fence to his advantage, but, you know, also use the whole field because he's just got – such easy pop to the backside, and we see that so often in batting practice. So I'm um, looking forward to see what he does in year two. Um, you know, Cade Bush and, and Gunnett Carlson will also be in the mix over there, as well as potentially rank if they want to keep uh, seeing what he what he gives them at that position. Second base, um, I think they'll go with Nander DeSantis' experience to start the year, which um, – I wouldn't have been my answer last week. Uh, I thought Titan had done a really good job and kind of shared up that position. Um, but, you know, I think Titan has struggled a little bit defensively, Link mentioned, um, in, in a couple of different settings. And they're trying to maybe give him a little bit more time to get settled back down. Um, I think they know what his future is and that he's going to be a big piece for them. Um, but I think they might just go with Nander's, you know, his experience to start the season. Um, not 100% sure on that, but I feel like that's the direction that it's trending this week just from conversations um, I've had with Link and um, just other people um, around the program. But uh, we'll see. Uh, that's one of the positions that I'm not 100% sure about and kind of been back and forth on a couple times. But um, yeah, uh, shortstop, we know who will be Jordan. Carry on will be the guy every day. Third base, we know Cam Smith will be the guy every day. Right field, we know Jaime will be out there every day. Um, and Jaime might play left when we go to on the road to some of their places, but when this team's at Hauser, I think he'll be in right field for the most part, at least starting-wise. Uh, center field, I believe they're going to go with Diemez Ross. Um, I think Diemez has earned the right to play every day, um, at least to start the season with the way he performed in, in the fall. Um, it was just that good, and you, you can't ignore it. And Diaz has been really consistent defensively in center field, um, so I feel good about him in center. 
left field, I think, depending on matchups, um, we'll either get um, Jordan Williams or Jordan Taylor out there, like I talked about earlier with Jordan Taylor. Um, but the two Jordans will be at that position, I think. Um, both give you a bunch of athleticism, a bunch of range, um, and a bit of a spark plug. Um, Jordan Williams, switch hitter. Um, so we'll see if they want to use him against both lefties and righties or how they want to use him. But even if he's not in the starting lineup, he's someone that I would expect to get on base and run at some point and um, just does a lot of different things for Link and, and can really open up his playbook. Um, but, you know, I think maybe they'll go with Williams on opening day and, and give Jordan Taylor the, the opportunity to go on Sunday against against T.R. Williams, the, another lefty. But we'll see exactly what they do there. Um, DH, there's definitely a few guys that could, could end up in that spot. I think Gunnett Carlson may be the guy against um, right-handed pitchers, but um, could also be Cade, could also be Bas Jimenez. Um, maybe Trayton goes there as well. But, you know, I think – I don't really think you you want to put Trayton in the DH spot with the, the versatility he provides you in all the different spots that he could go to off the bench if, if you need someone. Um, or if you need him to, you know, just start somewhere and give someone a day off, or if he's your best, you know, I think maybe he could be in, in the mix as well for left and right, um, depending on matchups and, and the park you're in as well. Um, but, you know, I think that's a good group of four there that um, will be vying for the DH spot. I don't think they know exactly what they're going to do there yet, or that they're going to have one certain DH every day. I think it's going to be something that's determined by matchups. Um, so, you know, I think Gunnett against righties would be my pick and and probably, you know, the way, you know, both Baz and Kate have really hit um, both in the late late in fall and all preseason. Both those guys have hit. They've put together good at bats. I don't really think you can go wrong between those two bats against left handed pitchers. So, you know, I don't know exactly which one it will be tomorrow, but wouldn't be surprised with either. Um, so we'll see. Um I guess order-wise, opening day um, against a lefty. You know, I don't know if they want to put Jaime two in the two-hole or if they want to put him in the three-hole. Um, you know, I do think that Ferrer, Tibbs, Cam will be one, two, three, and some, you know, back-to-back-to-back in one sort of order. Um, you know, I, I think it will be that order, Ferrer, Tibbs, then Smith, um, just to get some right-left-right. Um but I think against the lefty on opening day, you might go carry on leading off. Um, I could also see DMS Ross leading off. Um, but I think against the lefty, you go carry on, carry on leading off. You know, whoever's playing left, maybe hitting second to give you some more depth in the lineup, either Jordan Williams or Jordan Taylor. And then, you you know, three, four, five, go Jaime, uh, Tibbs, Cam, put your DH at six, whoever you want that to be, seven, eight, nine, you go. And what positions do we have left? Catcher, center field, and second base. So, you know, I'd probably go um, Ross, DMS hitting seven, um, Colton hitting eighth, and, and uh, put your, you know, your second baseman, Nander, Titan hitting nine, or, you know, you put DMS at nine. I just think, I don't think you put Colton at nine because, um, you know, you kind of want a double leadoff there, in my opinion. You want someone that turns the lineup over and, you know, is, is a good base runner in front of your your top guys, someone that can really move. Um, you know, you don't really want – I don't think you really want a catcher in your lineup 
right before you, you, you know, I mean, not, I don't think you want your catcher on base right in front of your, your big boppers and your producers. I think you want to try to get as much, you know, athleticism in the nine hole as you can, in my opinion. Um, and someone that gets on base at a high rate to, to turn it over to that, that top part of the order. Um, so, you know, not clear cut on what the lineup is going to be because of that rotation-ish type of stuff that's going to go on, I think, at a couple of positions early in the year trying to figure things out. Um, you know, this this staff is still learning this roster day by day. I think you learn a little bit something new every day. Um, and you're going to learn the most when you get under the lights and you really start to see guys um, have to go up against competition that they're not facing every day. I mean, at this point in preseason, you know, most of your hitters are going to know exactly what the pitchers are going to throw at them because they've just seen them over and over again. And both Jaime and, and Wyatt talked about that today um, and just wanting to get out there against some other competition and really figuring out, figuring out what they need to work on and, and move forward from there. Um, and just hitting on the pitching staff again, I know I talked about it real quick after putting it out there on Wednesday. Um, you know, Wyatt and Link both talked about it today. Um, you know, I think what I talked about on Wednesday um, was pretty, you know, you know, I think it was a good explanation of it. And, you know, I think some of the points that Link made today um, were, were kind of in line with that. This isn't something that's set in stone. Um, it's it's what gives them the best opportunity to win this weekend. It's what gives them the best opportunity to get through this weekend. Um, and, you know, they're not going to be throwing guys six, seven innings. Starters aren't going to go probably over 80, 85 pitches, I wouldn't think. They've really only been extended to 70, 75. Um, you're not trying to max those guys out or this early in the year. Um, so I think, you know, we'll probably see each starter go five um, innings if they can get there and maybe six if they're, they're being really efficient. Um, and then, you know, I think we'll see Wyatt come out of the pen and throw three, four innings and, and see Wick coming out of the pen and throws three, four innings. And then, you know, you kind of fill in the rest with David Barrett, Brendan Oxford, um, Ben Barrett, that that three group of guys. I think we'll, we'll see all those arms this weekend. I think that's your core eight right there. Um, and, you know, I really do think that this pitching staff, the way they have it set up right now, the weekend rotation, I think it's their best possible options. I just, you know, I've thought about it a lot, thought about it since, you know, last season ended, what they were going to do with this rotation. You know, now that we're here, um, now that it's, you know, it's out there and now that, you know, I've been able to think about it a while and, and talk through it with some people. Um, I do think this is, you know, the right pitching staff to go into the season with, um, you know, not everyone's going to be able to start. Um, you know, you have a lot of good arms and, and some are going to come out of the bullpen and that's okay. Um, you know, I think the, the easiest way for me to put it is I want Wyatt Cruel throwing the biggest innings of the season. And then the role that he's in right now, he will be throwing the biggest innings of the season. Um, and when we're, Wyatt Cruel is out there in high leverage situations, I feel like Florida State's going to win the baseball game. And I think that's how this pitch, this coaching staff looks at it. And, you know, I hope that that's the way Wyatt looks at it as well. Um, you know, they trust him and Connor Whitaker more than anybody else on this pitching staff, I think, right now, because those are the two guys they're going to lean on to get big, big outs in in biggest moments of, of the games to start the season. So um, we'll see how it goes this first weekend. Um, just really excited to get it started. Um, you know, 
been trying to do as much content as we could preseason. We'll keep trying to do as much content as we can in season. May give um, some instant reacts, uh, you know, just quick little game wraps, wraps maybe, recaps on here, five minutes or so every game. I'm going to try that out this weekend, see how it goes, If see if people like it or not. Um, just quick thoughts and quick takeaways, quick little recap of each game um, as soon as we can get those out there. Um, so just glad that it's it's here. It's opening day. It's It's been so long. Off season uh, every year, it feels longer and longer. And, um, you know, really excited to see what, what Lincoln and this new staff can do. And they've been working hard. Um, you know, obviously Link's very – attentive to detail um and i think he's just ready to watch the guys go out there and then hopefully play clean sound baseball like he mentioned on this podcast um this will be year five for me covering the team covering the program um you know that feels like a really long time i mean i'm only only 23 but year five love doing this wouldn't trade it for anything in the world um i just love getting out there and watching baseball and especially watching this team grow um, and watching it, you know, transcend into a, a new sort of program in this new era with Link. So just ready to, you know, talk baseball and, and not have to, you know, talk about all that other stuff and all the, you know, whatever. It's just, it's, it's go time now. It's go time for the guys in the field. And, and for me, I'm just, let's just, let's talk baseball. Let's get this thing. Let's get this show on the road. Um, and hopefully we end up in a good place. Hopefully we're, all in Omaha in late June, but um, we'll see. It's a long journey. It's it's a it's a marathon, not a sprint. Um, there's going to be lots of lows. There's going to be lots of highs. I'm sure. Hopefully, more highs than lows. But um, you know, we'll all go through it together, like we have the last couple of years, and try to talk our talk talk our ways through it. And you know, hopefully, we can get Ari on here more and more. Um, you know, Ari is the old head of this podcast, and you know, love having him do this with me. And, you know, our friendship has grown a lot through doing this podcast. And, you know, I'm sure it will grow more and more this year. And really excited to, to you know, watch him get to do some national broadcast and, and do his thing. So happy opening day. I hope you all enjoy it. Hope you that get hope people that get to the park enjoy the, the new stuff around the stadium. And, um, yeah, let's just hope for a good year and like I said, more highs than lows, and we'll see how it goes. But Sunday Golds will be here all year long. Make sure to drop, you know, a five-star review if you can. Um, subscribe to the pod. Do everything you got to do to catch all of our podcasts and, and, and make sure that you're up to date with the only FSU baseball podcast out there. And uh, most information you're going to get about FSU baseball is right here. So stick around all year with us. We're going to do our best. Um, and – Hope we can enjoy it all together.